0: Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast.
1: Hello and welcome... To yet another episode of the Laugh Spin Podcast, I am Dylan Godino, the founder and editor of Laughspin.com, which is a place I hope you go to every day for your comedy news, and not just your comedy news, but uh, exclusive interviews with some of your favorite comedians and videos and all that good stuff. I should also tell you that the Laugh Spin Podcast is part of the All Things Comedy Network, which, by the way, was founded by uh, Al Madrigal of The Daily Show and Bill Burr, two of my favorite comedians. Uh, and All Things Comedy is basically, it's, it's part podcast network and part comedy collective. So you should definitely check out what's going on there as well at allthingscomedy.com. So back to the podcast. If you're not familiar uh, with the Laugh Spin podcast, maybe this is your first time listening. If it is, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really do appreciate it. But if it is your first time, or if you're not super familiar with the Laughspin podcast, I'll break it down for you. Basically every week, me and my co-host Mike, we deliver comedy news basically ripped from Laughspin.com, and delivered to you via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, most recently this site called TuneIn.com. And sometimes we record special episodes of the Laugh Spin podcast, which feature interviews with comedians, and that's exactly what you're listening to right now. Today's interview, who's it with? Well, I'll tell you. It's with W. Kamau Bell, and you likely know him as the host of Totally Biased on FX, which has had a very successful first season. How successful? Well, not only has it been renewed for a second season, but instead of just airing every Thursday night, it's going to run every night of the week, every night of the week. It's returning September 2nd on FX's new sister network, FXX, and that's going to be awesome. So September 2nd, Totally Biased is going to air every single night on FXX. And that amounts to, by the way, I was doing some research, 130 new episodes of Totally Biased, and FXX is going to be it's going to be available in 74 million homes. So the point is this, folks, if you don't know Kamal yet, you will very soon and you'll be a better person for it. I promise you. So 2013 has been a huge year for Kamal, but I'm proud to say I've been following his career pretty closely since probably about 2008, because in 2009, he released an excellent album. It's called Face Full of flour, and you should surely purchase that if you haven't already. He also wrote a great one-man show called The W. Kamau Bell Curve, Ending Racism in About an Hour, which he performed all over the country as well as overseas. And the reason I mention that show specifically is it would become uh, a huge thing for Kamau because Chris Rock saw him perform the show in New York, and now Chris Rock is the executive producer of Totally Biased. Uh, it's, it's actually a really great story, and Kamau tells it in the interview, so I won't talk about that any further because I can't do it justice. Before we start the interview, uh, you should also know that Kamau, as well as the writing staff, who are all stand-up comedians, the entire writing staff of Totally Biased, they're going on a tour this summer starting July 11th in Boston, and you could check out all of the dates at totallybiased.com. All the details are there. Links to buying tickets. You should definitely check that out. Like I said, July 11th in Boston is when the Totally Buy Stand Up Tour starts. And finally, oh my God! I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could fast forward through all of this if you want. If you don't want to hear me spouting anymore, but I, I, I do want to mention this one technical disclaimer. Because I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. The first few minutes of the interview uh, with Kamal. Does not sound the way it should because I messed up the mic settings. Uh, but ninety-eight percent of the audio sounds absolutely perfect. I promise. I apologize. It's completely unprofessional. I could have just lopped off uh, the the first few minutes of the interview, but I felt. It gave a good context, it was organic, and so I've decided to leave it in. Uh, again, a thousand apologies. Don't send hate mail, uh, because uh, it sounds like sh- It doesn't even sound like shit. It just doesn't sound as good uh, as, it, as it should. So, I'll shut up. Uh, enjoy my interview with W. Kamal Bell. Kamal, thank you for having me. Thank you for wanting to have me. In- <laughs> this has already started off
0: uh, weird. No, it's, this is the way I like to start things off. We're, right? ha- we're having each other. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, th- I like to start things off on a note of sincerity. I know that's not an East Coast thing. But...
1: No, I'm, I'm all about uh, sincerity. Nice. I, I, I need I need to know that some of what I do is appreciated. Otherwise, I'd go home and hate myself more than I usually hate myself.
0: Well, I, I, I'll say this. I used to read Last Pin Every Day, and then once I got totally biased, I stopped because I was afraid I was going to learn the truth about something that was connected to my show, so I have sort of avoided it. Really? Yeah, because I wanted you to have your journalistic integrity. I just didn't want to have to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> what truth? What what truth would that have been? You know, we're we we're, we're chugging along. We're, you know, there's some stuff. We're, oh, I see. You know, there's there's things that could be torn apart and things. I like, see. If I had a blog about my show that was that I wrote, I would be like, what the hell was that last night? Oh, I see. So I see. you know, there's things I would be like, and so you are. I feel like you have a, you are one of the voices of the comedy community, and it's very possible that you could uh, have some opinions. Right. I read some of the stuff about... I mean, I did end up checking in with the whole uh, Lindy West. And yes. Jim Norton thing. Yeah. Which I, you know, I, that's all opinion stuff I can I do. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, that Yeah. That had less to do with your show. and Yeah, I had some... I had some
0: you, did, you had some you opinions. Have,
1: <laughs> I had some strong opinions. You had some strong opinions, but
0: I felt like that. that's why I say we. That's why we did it, and I did it, because I, I knew they would elicit strong opinions. And, yeah.
1: yeah. Would you say
0: that was...
1: Uh, was that the most? What? What? i you? never gonna say it, probably yes. Yeah, it was the most. A lot of it. What? So that
0: that I was gonna say the most like
1: high profile.
0: Did that get? Yes, that that was it. That's our. I mean, it's I, it's. I mean, we don't have big viral clips, but it's our. I think it's our number one. Louis Black weirdly had, was our number one clip. My interviewed Louis Lewis Black because he said something about Romney being Jamaican, and <laughs> for some reason people were like. <laughs> I know it's black guy. Yeah. Like, it like, I think it was funny, but people really responded big to it, so it had like two hundred thousand. And so this is now past that is our biggest clip. Yeah. And it just sort of keeps ticking up, and it also just got a lot of like blog attention. And, yeah. And yeah, it got like everybody had an angle on it. And, you know, so. Yeah, it's a hot, it's a it's a hot button issue, as they say in the biz. Which is funny, cause when the show started, Tosh, that thing just happened, with Tosh. Oh, yeah. right. We actually, was we we're pre-production, I think, with Tosh in the club, where he have, whatever he may have allegedly said, because we don't know, there's no recording of it. Right. And, I, and at the time, I was like, man, if we were on right now, we would somehow have to cover that. Yeah. And so it was like a year later. It was like, oh, <laughs> we can now... We can now weigh in on that yeah yeah, yeah. so if the, if the people listening don't know what we're, oh, ta- yeah, we're talking again, about yet
1: not viral not viral That's um the, the con the context is basically uh lindy west who is a a writer for jezebel which is a you know a feminist kind of entertainment site uh, uh and jim norton who is you know a, a well-known stand-up comedian who does a lot of uh, what you would call blue humor. Uh, very honest, very kind of just lays himself open, uh, very self-effacing, very uh, revelatory, mm-hmm. if you will. So Lindy and Jim kind of debated uh, about uh, the concept of rape jokes, uh, if rape jokes are acceptable, if you should do rape jokes.
0: Uh, Actually, let me, I, this is me. Let me. Yeah, go. I don't think neither one of them or me said rape jokes are acceptable. Mm. I think it was the it was the I think but Lindy was talking about there's the trope of rape jokes is something that a lot of comics lean on. Sure. And most comics in general are bad. Yeah. And but when you lean on the trope of rape jokes and are bad, it sort of creates ickiness. But <laughs> like sure. I think is I think is what she was going for. Yeah. And so I just I think a lot of people really responded as if Lindy had said no rape jokes and she was like she actually made a rape joke during the thing I mean I don't think she she doesn't have no rape right, jokes which, she just has uh, which I feel like I was the only one to point that out I saw a couple people some people pointed out with the, yeah some people pointed out but it was like they thought they were catching her and it was like no she's not against she had a blog about rape jokes that are funny before she came on our show right still yeah. I thought it was a little odd that she would drop a rape joke <laughs> so I think it, this is why I like that debate it's a very we, I mean, we sort of built this comic versus feminist, which pissed the feminists off real bad. Right. Uh, and uh, and I've been called a male feminist, so I lost, I, you know, I lost some credit that day. I never claimed that spot. I feel like it's like, you know, you can't call yourself handsome somebody else has to call you handsome, so... Right? <laughs> I can't call myself a feminist. It's just something that... Sure. A title, it's an honorary title. Uh, so, and so, like... I got like you could but I was like no we were trying to we have to, we were trying to create a, a dichotomy that exists on the internet where feminists and comics argue a lot about this right. and so but we got the two most nuanced people they were my only choices like it was like I know Lindy from her writing right. I know she can be funny she's never done TV before and if anything that was her big deficit was that she just doesn't do a lot of TV mm-hmm. or hasn't done TV before and Jim of all the sort of school of like sort of like I don't know what to call it that east coast sort of like you know, fuck you, you're all dumb. <laughs> and I'm being silly, but yeah, of that aggressive attack comedy, he's the most sensitive, by far. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that in the argument, he wasn't ever going to turn to her and be like, you're a fucking dummy. Right. Which there are a lot of that school of comics who would have done that at some point. Yeah. Know? So I was just like, not that they're not funny, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to create a fake Fox News right. environment. You know? Right. I wanted them to be able to have a discussion with them. Understandable.
1: So. Yeah, and I think...
0: I think it. I think it went well. I,
1: <laughs> no, it did. It did. I mean, it, it certainly. It, it certainly brought up uh, some issues, but at the same time, I, I think it's something that uh, can really weigh down just the concept of comedy, and, and I think we just have to not move past it, not ignore it. Well, uh,
0: But
1: here's what I think. I mean, oh, I'm sorry.
0: No, no, go. Let me interrupt on my interview. No, do uh. it. People <laughs> don't want to hear me. Uh, but I think that the thing I think about that is I I, I, comedy, uh, I think comedy is supposed to lead the times, mm-hmm. I don't think comedy is supposed to respond to the A good comedy. It's supposed to sort of be like Lenny Bruce like, what is he doing? Nobody's ever done that before. You right. Know, and not everybody's gotta be that. I think, you know, you can be clean and do that too. And I think that right now, the future has come to a place where you can't expect that you're only talking to the people in the room. Like that the stage is some sort of like sacred place. And whatever happens there is separate from humanity. And it's like, well, no, it's a place. <laughs> you can, and it's cool that you do up there. But you're also still in the world. And right now you're more in the world than you were 60 years ago. Right. You know, the only people who know what Lenny Bruce got arrested for are the people were in that room. Yeah. Whereas now we kind of we kind of all think we know what Tracy Morgan said in Nashville because a blog was written about it. You right. Know, you know, so I think it's a I think we're just I think comics just have to like understand that like you can say what you want to say but you're also connected to the world in a different way than you were 20 years ago right i'm not telling I anybody think, to say what they say
1: i think that's fair yeah. I, I i i think that's fair and and there is uh I, I think that's i think that's totally fair yes there's uh there's there's free speech and yes comedians should be able to say what they want on stage but a uh, comedian should also understand that people are allowed to – and this is one of the things I think I, I really agreed with Lindy. That was the first point she made, and it really could have been like, good night, everybody. Yeah, I mean, boy. like –
0: and people are allowed to <laughs> – Call you a dick. They could whatever. call you a dick. Yeah, they, yeah. Can, they can react any way you want. I just think uh, that generally the pushback from f- – like once that pushback starts happening, f- the, the the feminist side rarely gets to, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to rape you nobody would fuck you like, you know like i think that's where it becomes this like wait can't we just debate like can't we just talk about this right like and i think that's the part like i can't imagine jim norton is a great a hilarious comic i can't imagine having his fans yeah you know what they're, I mean? a,
1: they're, like, a, they're a blessing and a
0: curse yeah no i mean they're certainly hardcore they'll do anything for him i think he could be like run through that wall and into the ocean and they would be like we'll try uh but i can't imagine like sort of that energy surrounding me at all times you know
1: yeah, and I mean that's and and it's a shame. Like I I I'm a long-time Jim Norton fan. I'm also uh, a long-time Maria Bamford fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh do you know I mean I I I don't agree with uh I mean not agree but you know people who only subscribe to one type of humor, mm-hmm. I don't get just like music. I like yes. different. I mean certainly I don't like every type of music, but within a, yes. a certain spectrum,
0: I, yes. I, I do... The Spotify playlist has a lot of things going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I want to hear some uh, Electronica. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. I want to, you know, listen to what I, this shit I grew up with. Yes. You know, some Slayer. <laughs> sometimes you want
0: to remember high school. That's yeah. right.
1: Uh, but, you know, I, I listen to everything. So, uh, I, I mean, I consider myself a, a huge Jim Norton fan. Uh, however, I, I have been to his shows, and I have seen some people that... I let's say, I, I do not uh, uh, relate to, mm-hmm. uh, to put it mildly. And I think, you know, the fact that he had to come out and tell his yes. idiot fans to stop being idiots. Yes. Because I think they feel like they see Jim Norton and they think he's funny because on the surface, he tells a lot of, you know, blue jokes, says a lot of crazy things, and they're attracted to that superficial Aspect of his comedy, yes. but they don't get the the under the 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 sensitivity that yeah. runs through well, all of his well, you know what, comedy. I think, I
0: think on some level they probably do get it, and they sort of feel like I wish I could do that with what I'm. I wish I feel shitty too. I'm not as eloquent and funny as that. He's doing it, so he's my hero. And if you ever say anything against him, I'm gonna fucking. I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you think like, that's you think that's what it is? I think they've so taken. It's the same thing with Patrice. People took. There's some comics that people take so deep into their heart. Yeah, and that, and also especially those comics who have an edge. That then people feel like that's my, that's not that's not a comic. That's my guy. You yeah, know what I mean, I think and I think there's a style in the East Coast that does that to people in a way that it. Does, like, there's a style of East Coast comedy. I say East Coast comedy, which I'm sort of being uh, sort of reductionist. But there's just that sort of comedy seller, like, you know, that yeah. sort of like, you know, that, you know, Z's performs at the comedy seller. But yeah. I'm not putting him in that thing that, like, I don't necessarily know that people are like, if you talk about Dimitri Martin, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Dimitri's popular and people love him. But I just think there's a thing about, like. These sort of like these, these these guys who position themselves as underdogs. Right. That, you know, that the underdogs like them. But then there's just real sort of like, as Lindy was talking about, as I've seen before. And I've, I opened for Jim years ago. He doesn't remember it because I didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's good he didn't remember. And I don't blame him. But, yeah, you know, it was just like that's not my crowd. And, I, you know, I got through it. But, yeah, yeah. that's like there's sort of like I like him and things like him. Yeah. And I'm not here to see things that aren't like him, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a shame. Uh, but you know, I think Jim is—I mean, let me be clear—he's a great, great, great comedian. Yeah, he's one of the—and I'm happy for him in his success because he's a very specific type of comic that doesn't exist—that uses vulnerability as a part of his appeal. Right. And you know, not many comics are brave enough to do that. Which is why when we decided to do it, I was like, Jim Norton and Lindy West. Right. And you know, I don't think it was the best version of debate ever in the history of television but the thing i like about totally bias is that that discussion wasn't happening anywhere else yeah that six minutes of television wasn't happening anywhere else that night and i felt like that's what the show when it's at its best it's like you can't see this anywhere else yeah you know it's like You can't go, oh, this is like the Daily sh-. No, you know, this is, like, <laughs> this is like It's like the Black Daily show <laughs> you, you can't say it's that Oh, it's just like Fallon Like, no, and that's the, As we lean into four days a week In the fall, like that We're going to be doing more things like that yeah. thing, You know, and we've, that, there was a lot of things I'm trying to think, that show Was my probably my favorite show of the season As I look at the lineup, because it was just like None of the things we did that show are things You were going to be able to flip to another channel and see yeah, you know, so and to me, that's I thought was all funny and also from a perspective that's not represented.
1: Speaking of The Daily Show, has anybody yet in the media called you the
0: black John Stewart? You know, I think before the show premiered, that that was just sort of the assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, cause black guy talking about politics, but I and I think <laughs> the first six episodes because we were up against the election. And so every week we were sort of like having to like probably use a lot of the same clips as The Daily Show is doing, but we don't have the production staff they have, so they do it better, because they're amazing. Uh, Like, we sort of probably felt a little like The Black Daily Show, but once Barack won, which I was like, yay, I mean, good for America, but great for me, because we can get off this dude's nuts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We can, like, now, like, just sort of like now, there's weeks where we don't talk about Barack, and don't think to, and, like, last week we had a Barack chunk that we cut, because we was like, this is stupid, we don't need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. We'd rather talk about uh, you know, Paula Dean and uh, whatever else we had last week. It was like, we just read, let's keep it moving. <laughs> you know right, right, so? right. So the fact that we don't feel like we're taking homework from the news, we get to sort of cherry pick the stories that we want to do. Yeah. Makes it feel less like that. Like, I don't think anybody would confuse us with the Black Daily Show now because I think we've sort of like, when, I, when we're writing a bit and I'm not going, well, what's the Daily Show going to do on this? I feel good. Like, of course, the Daily Show is going to do Paula Dean, but I also feel like, we're just going to do it in a way that's not like them, and I and I saw that you posted our clip and their clip, and yeah, I'm like perfect. Like, yeah, you know, it's not like oh they did the same jokes. No, we 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 are coming from different comic perspectives at the same issue.
1: Yeah, and that's something you have to be. Um, I mean, I think this way constantly too. You know, well, you know. A lot of people do interviews with comedians or, you know, yeah. you, you just have to like, you, you have to tell yourself, well, maybe you're going to bring something different to it, a, a different perspective, a different you, tone.
0: And I think you have to actually actively, I mean, I'll say this by myself. I'm gonna say, You know what a person has to do? No, what I have to do is I have to actively figure out what am I doing here that is different and sort of lean into that, you know? And right. Because I think it sometimes when the cameras are on and the thing you sort of automatically comes some shell of yourself because you're just like i'm just trying to read the prompter and get through this yeah. but it's like okay let's but what do you want to say here and i think that like for example we did a piece about george zimmerman a couple weeks ago that ended with this huge rant and it was just this really like this is i i got to sort of i was like as i said to the writers i want to do the definitive character assassination on george zimmerman like that was the like i was just like i, I feel like that's not a thing that other people are saying necessarily right. the writer. and I was like that's what I want to do and so we wrote this thing that I was really proud of and really happy with and it was just like instead of like saying I want to talk about George Zimmerman I was right. like no the thing I want is I want to definitively assassinate his character Right, <laughs> and, we, and I feel like we did a good job <laughs> of that you know so I think that that's one thing I've learned over time in my stand-up act that was always it was easier to—it's easier to do that because I'm only writing for myself and the audience. But this, there's all these pieces, and it just when you walk, when I walked in, when we heard it last week, it was like I was just like still like I got an office. Like there's just there's too many separate pieces to think about to put it together. And now it's like, yeah, I got a, you know, it's like I'm not taking it for granted, but it's like I'm starting to. It's, it's like the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's like the Matrix.
1: By the way, I should I should tell the listeners that we are currently in your office. Yeah. And I like you said I was here a year ago and I don't you've you've done you've done basically zero decor <laughs> zero decorating.
0: Yeah, there's a big. The walls board. are bare. There's uh, yeah, a few there's, boxes of cereal. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that just so I get the Seinfeld mojo. Uh, no, you know, I, I very actively didn't put things on walls uh-huh. because I felt like that was like bad luck to sort of like you were being act, like, cocky yeah like we all know that it doesn't make sense to have a tv show so let's not nail things right you know what i mean like it's just like i don't I, any i more than anybody else i'm sort of like this is like a weird i'll write a book one day about the summer i had a tv show and uh <laughs> but i don't need to like sort of like get like i don't want to scuff the desk you know like <laughs> i'll have to pay for it so you know so yeah and also i don't spend that much time in here actually yeah, uh, during the show cuz there's just a lot everything's happening out there. <laughs> like it's all like like the edit, the writer's room, the writers' room, other producers' offices, like it's all happening out there. Very little of it's happening in here. Right. You know, I sort of would rather be out there amongst getting in the stuff than sort of like summoning people to the Yeah, office. yeah.
1: Um so you 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 mentioned uh, your stand up. So I mean and, and and Barack Obama, you were probably one of the first comedians who were who would who was who was writing jokes
0: about barack obama uh this is when he was uh, i wrote wrote jokes about senator obama
1: right that's right when
0: he was uh in in chicago as an early as an early obama adopter
1: that's right that's right and and now through the years i mean definitely the shine has
0: uh bloom is off the road
1: yes that yes that
0: yeah um I do not want to use the word shine and black guy. That just seemed weird. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> black guy's not as shiny as he all, used to be. All of a sudden, I'm racist. Get your shine box, this Obama.
1: Is, <laughs> this is excellent. We should talk about his shoes. and. Uh, <laughs> um, so how, it, in your mind and in your stand-up, how has that kind of evolved? Where Where are you at? Uh, where, where What's your relationship with Barack at this point?
0: It's <laughs> still the same. He won't return my calls. Uh <laughs> Um you know, my relationship is that basically it's like I'm glad, he, you know, he, I'm glad he's the president and not Mitt Romney. Right. That doesn't – there's nothing about that that I could be – you know, I certainly felt like those six episodes, which I think was a little bit good for FX for letting us go past that because it was like we were sort of working as his campaign team, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then when we finally did a joke against him, we made a big deal about it on the show. Uh, I certainly feel like – like I say in my act, it's like he – He sucks because he's the president. Right. That's just the default mechanism of being the president. You suck. Like if you if you let the president think he's awesome, you're not doing your job as the people. Mm -hmm. And so he sucks. (laughs) And Obama's got a lot of things he sucks at. Yeah. Maybe don't kill Americans with drones so much, big guy. (laughs) You know, maybe that Guantanamo thing that you promised, maybe we should close that down. Maybe stop being so afraid of the fucking Republicans. You know, there's just a lot of things that he sucks at that I get to be like, You're not doing this right, you're not doing this right. Right. While at the same token I also get to go, Hey, stop being racist to the president. Right I mean So it's a very complicated relationship because i want to be able to tell him he sucks while at the same time it's like i have to defend him against the you know against the onslaught of this of the ridiculous right so it's right. A very it's it's kind of like just being black in america in general it's very complicated it's like
1: <laughs> it's like when you when you talk shit about your your your, your spouse and then somebody agrees with you
0: yeah yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. hey 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 hey, hey, hey. <laughs> i can call her that <laughs> but you can't yeah so that's it's a very, you know. So I think, and also in my stand up act, like I love, I was so sort of deeply invested in him for such a long time that I actually really enjoy now when I do a set and go, I didn't bring up the president once. Like there was right. such a weird, like, responsibility. I think there's just the thing, Chris talks about this too. Like, and I felt this before I met Chris too. That you sort of when you, I, I think I felt this is what sort of led my acting. Chris, Chris who? Come out, <laughs> uh, Chris Broussard, you know ESPN postcaster. <laughs> he gives me a lot of advice. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Julius Rock, uh, yes, who is the very nice. Of the show known as Chris Rock. Yeah, I don't, I never know how to do that, I'm, Dylan. I've got to be honest. When I, I feel like when I go just like Chris Rock says, I sound like I'm dropping a name. But if I say Chris, then I sound like I'm being an asshole oh chris who chris rock anyway (laughs) there's no there's no winning here there's no like there's no way to say it because it it always sounds a little bit like i'm talking about like spider-man well it's like spider-man says right it's just like there's no way to get through this
1: what do you call him black jesus is that you that calls him black jesus Uh, i call
0: no i call him uh foul mouth yoda oh foul mouth who's black jesus a lot of people (laughs) uh a lot of people been black jesus all right, Whatever. so sorry. I no problem. We, we digress. I, I refer to Black Jesus a lot, uh, but I'm not specifically thinking of him.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He's foul mouth Yoda, uh, because <laughs> he says a lot of things that aren't always grammatically correct, right? But right, I have really good advice in them, and I can't repeat them to my wife. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're fucking a woman, really? <laughs> <laughs> TV production is like that, Chris. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not actually too far off of analogies he's giving, uh, uh So, what was the question? Um, What were we talking about? Uh, It's like Chris said. Oh, no, but being the black guy, like I always felt that from the moment I started doing comedy that I would step on stage in front of a white audience I suddenly felt like I had to represent for the black people who weren't there. Like, I always felt that pressure. It's because of how my my mom raised me. So I felt like I can't, like, even though I'm inherently a goofy person, I had to sort of regulate that because I didn't want people to be like, all black people are just flopping around on stage like goofballs. So I really (laughs) felt like I had to sort of, like, let me sort of regulate how you get this and monitor this and before I just sort of get, and yet I came up mostly in white comedy clubs. So yeah, I didn't play a lot of black rooms. So, and I feel like that on the show, like Chris has said, this it's like when you're on TV as, especially in the position of being like, you know, like uh, until Dion Cole, I was the only black guy who had that kind of show. Right. And so he's like, he's like, you're the guy, you're the, you know, like, you're, so, like, you're you the representative. Sort of, you have to wield that power effectively. And if you say something like, If you're critical of black people, you can be, but just understand that then that looks like you're outside. Right. Which you can be crazy. He's like, do whatever you want to do, but just understand you have to think about how you're doing it. Like, So if you're going to decide to be critical of, like, you know, if you're going to say black people, make sure you say us so that it's not like, what are these blacks doing? Like, what are we doing? Because then it's like, and it's little things like that that make a huge difference, you know? Right. And. You know, I mean, like right now, like I bring up Deion Cole. I just got some tweet. I'm getting these tweets, not all the time, but like Dion Cole show and your show. Either they're like, I'm ri- he's ripping me off or he's the funnier version of me. Right. And it's like, it's not the Highlander. There can be two. <laughs> there can be more than one black guy on TV talking about what's going on, you know. Nobody's talking about that with Conan and Fallon and Leno yeah. and Letterman and uh, Ferguson. Like, right? there's this sort of sense that we have to sort of, we only get one or two, one through at a time. And it's like, I think Arsenio's coming back soon. I can't right. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let him take all that black talk show he, you know. Yeah, that's frustrating when uh,
1: people think they're doing you a favor. And what they're, yeah, like, what they're doing is just
0: highlighting the, the
1: marginalization of like. Yeah,
0: and it's also, and it's feel like when people tweet at you, if I don't respond, I'm afraid that somehow Deion Cole's going to get back to him. Like, come out, didn't say anything about that tweet. He must agree with it. Not that I think <laughs> he's as weird on Twitter <laughs> as I am. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's like I have to I think about writing a thing for Huffington Post about that. Just like there can be, there can be more than one. Like, why are we? It's, it's 2013. There we should be all, more than one. Yeah, it's, we have all the information in the history of the world in our pockets. We can have two blackouts on TV talking about current events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you mentioned uh, you, you you mentioned your mom briefly, who and and I just remembered in Aspen all those years ago. I actually met your parents. Yes, you did. Uh, who, uh, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're lovely people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a take on them. That's one take. <laughs> no, they're they are my mom is a very has a very winning personality. And yeah. She's it's like she's just very much like she just she's the older black lady people want to be around. Yeah, she, yeah. She has that vibe about her that people are like, I feel like if she likes me, I'm cool. And my dad is like literally has signed people have asked him for autographs because i think he's dr j so it's like that those are my parents like they yeah they but you know behind that and your your mom if i remember correctly you
1: i think you once told me your mom was uh an activist yes uh so she's still is very very strong you had very strong very yeah. smart parents
0: yeah, no, I have, which isn't surprising, <laughs> yeah, but which funny, which, like, which, is, which is not surprising. Have very strong and smart <laughs> parents. Yeah, you. No, I. know, I sort of let them down. Ah, uh, oh, come no, on. No, 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 they're both. They're both. My dad walks around because because they've both been to tapings of the show. and My dad shows up quite often because he lives here part time. Mm-hmm. He sort of walks around. Like he's the president of show business. Like he's very, <laughs> like, you know, he's like shaking hands and good to have you here. Thanks for working on the show, dude. What are you talking? Why are you telling the, <laughs> the caterer thank you for working on the show? <laughs> He works here every day, you know, so, uh, but yes, no, they they are, you know, but they're both self-starters, and I think that's the one thing that, even though they, they don't like to be in the room at the same time as each other, the one thing they have in common is that they're both, like, sort of self-created people, and so, mm-hmm. despite the fact I went, this sort of, I, did, I went this sort of weird circuitous route, like, I think I took that from them, like, no, you gotta make your own gravy, <laughs> you know, you gotta, like, you can't. If you're gonna if you don't wanna do things the way other people do it, then you have to actively be engaged in making your own gravy. You know? Right. So I think that my dad has done that through the corporate world by creating by sort of I think sort of looking at him as like the Tiger Woods. I'll just be better than you. The the it's hard to make that analogy anymore the, the old tiger would oh come on you could still make it no but we all make mistakes yeah we all make i know we 12 all or 13 mistakes. times exactly yes hey <laughs> if we were all the best golfer in the world at 18 <laughs> we might have uh, a, yeah. a moral co- compasses might be a little bit off right uh, and also billionaires but uh but yeah so there's there's the tiger there's the my dad's like that i'll just be better than you not working my mom's like i'm just gonna go over here and make my own thing and sell my own stuff and create my own products and so i sort of think that's the thing i got from both of them it's, yeah you know which is why i was able to sort of like not was able to but found myself in this weird position of chris rock sort of helping me get a tv show even though i was not aimed in tv show direction you know? yeah you were doing uh i know you've you've told
1: the story to me but uh i i, I always find it very very fascinating so chris rock basically he saw you do you were doing your show at the ucb Mm -hmm. um your one-man show right uh and and how did how did tell
0: the story Uh, (laughs) if if you can (laughs) apocryphal the story increasingly more apocryphal (laughs) i was eight years old uh i was uh you know i had written this in 2000 you know 2007 i was really sort of growing frustrated with comedy um, I just was like, feel like I wasn't able to communicate what I was trying to communicate. I felt like I wanted to talk about racism and race a lot more, but audiences yeah. were like, uh, not so much. So I wrote this one man show out of frustration because I was involved in the solo show performance community in San Francisco, and so I wrote a show with had, that had PowerPoint and visuals and gra- all sorts of stuff, and and it sort of qu- not quick, I like you know I thought I had no, fo- I didn't know I had a following in San Francisco, but the first time I did it in like a 50 seat theater or standing room only. And so I sort of like just kept doing it and for did it for like 3 years pretty aggressively and like really enjoyed it and sort of I still did stand up but I was really out of the clubs. I wasn't trying to like become a headliner anymore. I was right. just like I was just doing the show. And took it to festivals and took it to Scotland and took brought it to New York a couple of times in festivals, took it to LA at the Comedy Central Theater, met Paul Stein who was the who ended up directing it there. or directed directing in a lot of places and uh then i just was like i brought it to new york in october 2010 to do just one night at ucb which at the time i was like why am i flying all the way because you know ucb doesn't pay right <laughs> they have this cool thing where they don't pay yeah uh, and so, which is awesome when you're out of town and so i'd like like i'm flying myself to new york to do this thing and at that point i'd met chuck Sklar, who's an executive producer on the show and he's worked with chris since the chris rock show right but and he had told me that he would shown Chris my clips. But there's just that thing. I feel like when I tell the story, and this is what I'm telling the good version. As a comic, you know comics, you're kind of only three degrees of separation for everybody if you've been doing it for a while. So, yeah, I've opened for Chappelle. Oh, that guy knows Chris Rock. He says I'm funny. Right. Uh, I used to open for Dave Tell. Like, it's just a lot. Like, I'm not... Putting anything on anybody You know, Marin sometimes talks to me Like I had a lot going on <laughs> I <Sometimes. laughs> had a lot going on uh, So it's not that thing where I was like Oh, Chris Rock thinks I'm funny I was like, oh good, Chris Rock thinks I'm funny But there wasn't a sense that I was like It was just, oh, that's good to know uh, Maybe one day I'll open for him right. Was really and I, Which I'd still like to do uh, So then I came here in October 2010 Did the show at UCB It was a full show like a big, like a full audience, a lot of black people that night. Which anybody who knows UCB knows that was my draw. That was yep. It. <laughs> yep. I didn't realize at the time, but now since I've been back, I'm like, oh, that was me. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and that's a great space performance. Just not a lot of blacks, yeah, uh, or browns, or yellows, or reds. Uh, so, I do the show. It's a. It was just a really great show. There was like these real sort of improv moments that happened that. Some didn't always, you know, it was clear it was happening in the moment because I was talking to people. And so afterwards, I I sort of step off and walk backstage, and I'm sort of doing that post-show, like – man i'm a genius (laughs) man i may be the greatest comedian of all time i'm not sure but we'll see we'll see when the results come in (laughs) i'll get the email tomorrow from the comedy museum uh and my manager walk and you know just having that like breathing heavy but it's ucb so it's like eight people back there ready to do the next show yeah you know (laughs) costumes yeah we're we're the zany police uh And, I, you know, so I was like, so I was just sort of like having this moment. My manager walks backstage, Carrie, who, you know, yeah. with this weird look on her face, which I really remember being like, why has Carrie got such a weird look on her face? And right behind her is Chris, who I've never seen in person. I've seen him perform like at the Paramount Theater in Oakland right. right before he did Never Scared. And but I'd never seen him in life before. And it was just he's wearing like his driving cap that he always wears. And he just sort of like floats backstage, like really just sort of like and just walks up to me and goes, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't really remember how it start. He's just, suddenly he's talking to me and inside i'm like <laughs> like i just like you know but trying to maintain some because it's like again i know i open for Chappelle a bunch and that used to be weird when i first met him but it's also like there's that thing where you you know as a comic when you work well you know famous comedians but he's like again he's like a jedi he's right. like it's not you know it's a different level he's at that like like, if Cosby walked in here right now, I'd be like, you guys got to go. <laughs> like, there's just a level of, like, this is an icon. And so I was inside just, like, try, like sort of, like, trying to listen, but also, like, I'm sweating, you know, uh, my ears are buzzing. And he's like, hey, man. And he really was like, hey, man. Yeah, so you were pretty, f- you, were, you were funny. And he sort of said, like, he sort of <laughs> threw it away. You are funny. Like, not like, I have finally found the one. It right. wasn't, he was like, Yeah man, you are funny. Um, you know. Whatever that means, take it for what it means. I don't. I don't think a lot of people are funny. I think like eight people are funny, and now you're one of them. So you know, whatever. And I'm just like, like, sort of trying to take all this in. Right, right. Like, and yes, right. And uh, <laughs> and he's like, uh, and he sort of starts firing off questions. Where do you live? San Francisco, move. There's nothing there. You got to go to New York or L.A. I was just on the phone with Seinfeld. He's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to show my racism. That's right, because he's calling me because it's New York and we're all here. You got to go to New York or L.A. San Francisco's got nothing for you. And the time my wife was pregnant, I'm like, we're not going anywhere soon. And he was like, all right, man. Um, well, Cool cool yeah you're funny and and he sort of talked about the fact that i clearly had he's like yeah people throw a lot of stuff you clearly you can handle anything people throw at you you did a lot of talking with the audience and so he noticed that which is funny because i don't think of that as being one of my things but like through the one-man show i developed that sort of like ability to go into the crowd and talk to people he's like yeah clearly you can throw a lot of stuff at you you can handle it all right man and it probably lasted i'm gonna say five minutes i think it was ten but it was probably five which means it was three. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it was not that long, but it, it was just like a really, like, I'm going to say it was five minutes. And then he leaves. He insults my agent
1: on the way out, which was hilarious. Like, like He genuinely
0: insults her? Just in the way that Chris does, uh, not Carrie, uh, oh. my agent. Uh, when, oh, your agent. This guy from William Morris. He's sort of like, because he's this, because he was like, you know he's this little guy and he sort of was clearly wanting to meet chris and he's sort of oh look at this guy like he was just one of those things like you know take this with you <laughs> and uh and he's gone and then i'm just sort of standing there and me and carrie and we're all like what was that that was da-da-da-da-da. and i uh, you know i then i had pizza <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> like i went with my friends and they were like we were waiting for you out here what happened well chris rock came back and uh <laughs> and uh and then uh like that was october and then i say january i gotta Chuck said, Chris, I think Chris is going to call you. And I was like, all right. But I sort of, again, it was just this like, uh, I heard there was something he might be working on a book or something. And right. somebody so I was like, all right. But then he called in like January. I get a call and I told all my friends. And so my phone rings unlisted number. That means he's using my dad. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I pick up the phone and like hello, hey, it's Chris Rock, but he doesn't sound like Chris Rock because he's not screaming and being like right. This is very like low key, right? And I was like, no, it's not, because I was sure it was a friend of mine. It's just that dumb story. I, I thought it was from my fucking with me, but it wasn't. It was Chris. He starts, man, don't believe it's not me, da da da, da 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 da. And then we sort of talked about the Chicago Bulls, and he said I want to do a show with you, and that was like basically. Okay, I said okay. He's like, unless you don't want to do a show with me, maybe you have other ideas. No, that's fine. <laughs> like it was really like, <laughs> like maybe he's re- that's how he is. He's really like, we can do it or not do it. It's up to you. But you know, I think he's like black guys. He's like unfamous black guys don't get TV shows. So you're gonna need my help. Unfamous white guys get TV shows all the time, but unfamous black guys never get TV shows. Uh, so I wanna I think I want to help you get a show. And all right, well we'll let all the agents agent up and figure it out. And, <laughs> and that was basically. And then. But it really took, like, I flew out to New York, met with him and Chuck. After that, nothing happened for a long time, and I thought I'd fucked it up. I thought I'd, like, not impressed him at the meeting. Uh And so that summer, like that July, me and Chuck and a bunch of San Francisco people got together and made a pilot. Right. And then sent it to him. And it was shot pretty dark and looked weird. And he's like, all right, I see it, but we can't sell this to a network. Then he put money into it, and then we... Uh, and this is the same time he was on Broadway doing the motherfucker, right, at, right, right. And I, my wife had a baby, so we were both busy. <laughs> so like, yeah. And then uh, that uh, we that uh, so what so then that November right before Thanksgiving, he he put money into a pilot. We shot it in Santa Monica, the, the Santa Monica Playhouse on the Promenade, and we had edited it by January. He he he. I think he took it. I think he. I think he only took it to FX. Like he didn't take it to a bunch of places. Interesting. He like basically said, "Tomorrow I'm having lunch with 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 uh, John Landgraf." Right. You know, head of FX. Uh, yeah, head of FX. And he sort of said, "So I'm gonna have lunch with John Landgraf, and he's probably gonna meet with you." And we'll f-. and he the way Chris talks is like these are all sort of like. I'm going to meet with him, he's going to meet with you, and then we'll probably get like some sort of six-episode pilot deal. And you're like, dude, that's funny, I'm thinking, slow down, Chris Rock, you don't <laughs> understand how show business works. But that's all what happened. Yeah. By the time I met with John Langrath, th- it was in LA, in FX's headquarters with like f- it's probably six or seven executives in the room. And I was like expecting to go in and have to be like, hey, I'm a guy and I'm not famous, but it's gonna be okay. <laughs> but he was John Langaroff walked in and said, I feel like we're already married, we just haven't met yet. And then they were selling me on what they could do. Wow. And so it was like it was literally like the you know, it was like the it was the it was all like the actual getting of the show is the easiest thing that's ever happened to me in my show business career the being the comedian up to that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Like so it's like like I just want to make sure people understand if Chris Rock's on your side, it's a little bit e- it's easier to right. sort of get the doors open. But he wasn't on my side for the first fifteen years, so that was pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, you uh you 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 paid your dues. You know, I paid I paid some dues. I don't you know, I I certainly know, you know, we all know comics who've been out there longer and hard. There's always people who've been out there longer and harder and who are talented, who didn't get through for one reason or another and didn't get the opportunity. So I certainly don't want anybody to feel like I think that I whether I that I feel like I deserve it. I certainly feel like now that I presented with it, I'm going to bust my ass to keep it, you know, because I'm proud of it and I'm proud of the fact that I'm employing my friends and a lot of other people that i've met there's a lot of talented people on the show but i certainly don't want anybody to get the impression that i'm like that's right i got <laughs> a tv show you know i think there's something about chris is at that dr dre phase of his career where he's trying to like put projects together for other people you know? right so while well, he also does grown-ups too and directs his own movie and becomes his own woody allen
1: yeah that's right he's doing he's shooting now i think they're in pre-production with uh that new flick where he plays a stand-up comedian. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think he's (laughs) he's going that Woody Allen direction. Just do what you know. (laughs) You ain't got to always be a, like a, a cartoon cell inside of somebody's body. Yeah. (laughs) You always got to be a zebra. Just, uh, be a guy who has, is a comedian who goes through life, you know?
1: And so now you're going, you, you were on every Thursday night. Now you're going four days a week. Yes. And so that's got to be what, what, what is happening now? what steps i mean that that's a huge difference
0: yeah is your is your
1: your life gonna become just i mean you've got you're busy already four four nights a week is nuts Yeah, it's
0: it's funny i think i mean for the first 13 episodes one day a week was almost killing us like the staff and me because a lot of us hadn't worked on a show like this before and then the last 13 it's gotten a lot easier so by the time we got to the last three episodes this season it was like there was a lot of time like well um guess we just got to wait for Thursday. Like, there was really just... Right, right. We sort of figured out not to overwrite, uh, not to, you know, sort of plan things out in advance so you don't do it all on Thursday. Maybe we should order that costume today, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's what FX was looking for, like, Ken, because they always wanted a stripped show, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, that we could figure out how to make our things so that we weren't going to be crazy. And I think that we got to that point. And and uh, we were always writing too much material. You know, we that's why we have a lot of web extras because we'd always shoot too much. So, which is
1: great, which is almost a necessity at this point because you need you need that web, you need that.
0: Yes, we need. It's not just a television show. No, we were able to. We were off the air for ten weeks, and we were able to release a clip every week for ten weeks. that we we just had banked from not having. Yeah, you got
1: to keep people. Yeah. Engaged constantly.
0: So we. So I think that you know we i think we sort of like started to create our processes around here to sort of like in a way sort of prepare for the fall but we know it's we're not prepared we're going to staff up we're going to hire a few more comics and mm-hmm. writers we're going to we've done a really good job i think of bringing outside comics to perform on the show i'm really i'm really proud of the fact and i want the show to become more that a place for a comics to come on and not just do their sets like to come on like hannibal's come on and done a couple pieces that were written for the show uh we just had zach sherwin come on here yeah and do a rap that he had that he had never done anywhere else before. Uh, Mike Lawrence did that thing that like we're also really good at writing these niche pieces that are funny but then on the internet they find a life of their own because like his piece was all about fast food workers rights and now all these fast food workers blogs are like this is what we're talking about (laughs) but in a funny way you know know, we we did the piece about uh, uh, cat calls and that keeps finding a life of its own. Like women are like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But in a funny way, so that's kind of what I think we really do well is sort of writing these niche pieces that play broad, but also help support the the people who need the thing. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we right now we're staffing up. We're actually on hiatus technically right now. Although I'm here with you, obviously. Um, you know, we're gonna come back early august and do like a like and just and i'm gonna go out and shoot a bunch of man on the street stuff because i'm not gonna be able to do as much of that stuff and, and the network likes that stuff and i like doing that stuff so you're gonna bank that and we're gonna try to bank a bunch of those and we've already got a couple banked right now and then i'm gonna try not to die uh <laughs> you know i got a two-year-old daughter and a wife i'd like to not die uh uh but we're gonna shoot a week of test shows like just a, a, a straight week as if it's the show right and just to sort of see if we you a know, dry run a yeah dry run and then that first week we're actually only doing two new shows because we're premiering on wednesday okay everything on fxx is premiering on wednesday so we're gonna shoot we're gonna premiere on wednesday and so we'll only do wednesday thursday that week and then the following week is like the all right do this shit so that's it yeah so i think you know I've talked to people who've worked on Daily Shows. That's one reason we're excited about McCann. I mean, Chuck has worked on Conan and Lopez, but you know, and and McCann has worked on Conan for seven, worked on Conan with Conan for seventeen years through all the various yep. incarnations. Uh, just the idea that like he's like, yeah, at first you're gonna feel like you're gonna die, and then and then like two months in, you'll you'll hit some sort of zone and you'll just sort of understand how to do it. Uh, you know, I'm excited to get to that zone. Like the Daily Show, from what I understand, Daily Show and Colbert, they work like. Bank's hours you know like they get there because they get, got it done they, they got it down because they got to get it and you can't you just can't be there 12 hours every day you right know? you know you can't sustain that so yeah i you know i know we're going to be here a little bit at the beginning but i'm excited to get to that place where it's like it's just like no it's like a job <laughs> you know like you go there right. i'm a little bit worried about how it affects my stand-up career because you know you don't see john stewart and uh, you know, and uh, going out and doing a big stand-up tour, no. or, you know, he sleeps and, yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, and re-meets his family, you know, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I, I still feel like I have a lot more, like the show is great, and I feel like the show is coming through my voice, and that I'm figuring out how to do TV like that, but I feel like I have a lot more stand up in me, you know, so I, you know, I'm sort of said to my manager care. I was like, does this mean I'm retired from stand up now? I mean, we're about to do a stand up tour this summer. Totally biased and a bunch of writers, which I'm looking forward to. But I feel like I have a, you know, I, I will be a little bit like I feel like I have a great stand up album in me. You yeah, know? I, I just feel like and I feel like I'm happy with the two I've done. Uh, but I feel like there's a great one. I would like to try to put out the great one. You know, yeah. uh, you know, but I sort of I just don't know when that happens now. Yeah, you know everything goes into the show right now. You know, as Chris told me, every just put it all in. the show. Don't save stuff. Don't just put it all into the show. It's the pitfalls of being successful, Kamau. <laughs> I know it's, a, I, it's. I really do feel like there needs to be some sort of AA style group for talk show hosts, <laughs> so we can all. Say, I feel like there's a lot of things I would like to sort of talk about, but if you say them to your friends, like, "Oh, is that hard?" Having a show produced by Curse Rock, is that <laughs> stressful sometimes? Being on TV, is that a hard... Never mind. Hey,
1: listen, everything's relative. I, I can appreciate it. Everything's I, relative, Everything's this relative. Is real
0: relative. Like, this is like... <laughs> <laughs> everything's relative, but this is... And that's the thing. I'm not trying to complain at all, but it's certainly like... The challenge for me is that I'd never had any experience doing this before, so there's a steep learning curve, and I'm still on it. But yeah. FX has been very generous, and seen enough results that they want to that they want us to keep stay on it so
1: are you are you getting um are you getting recognized now around town is it has that changed at all for you
0: well first it's funny because sh- i get so myopic in my focus about things ironically uh that like when the show was airing i would come here and do the show and then i would go home and so like there's a lot of like hey you want to come do a stand-up spot no i don't think i can I can't put that in my brain. Like, I can't, like right, I, can't, right. I can't think about, like, so I was on the subway the other day. Like, I've done a little bit of stand-up, but it's really hard for me to sort of switch my brain out. But so, and, and I'm living on the Upper West Side now, and that's not my target market, so they don't recognize me up there. Right, uh, right. But whenever I get recognized, I'd say 99% of the times by black people, and I think it's that Chris thing about, like, you're that black guy on television. <laughs> you know, like I think it's that, like, you're him. You're the guy. I've never seen it. I've only seen a commercial, but I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. So there's like there's that. So uh, there's the, okay. But uh, it's funny. The other night, I was with my friend Laura House, who uh, is, this, is a comedy writer and was a, is a great stand-up comic, but doesn't really do it a lot anymore. Uh, Louis C.K. actually mentioned her in his AMA about funny women comedians. Okay, And she sort of hadn't worked with him for 10 years, so she was super excited. Uh, but uh, so we were out down by the Comedy Cellar because we just met down there because it was convenient. And we were sitting in some bar down there, that not the Comedy Cellar, but some sort of like really sort of weird New York bar, like regular bar. And like throughout the night people were, kept walking by and be like, hey, you're a total and it was just funny to be like, oh I sort of in some way forget that it airs on TV because I'm so like, do the show, go home do the show, right. go home, <laughs> tape this thing hope the people in this room like it then go home, you Right, know? right. but yeah, so it's a little bit, but you know, it's New York also there's a, you know, right behind me is De Niro or something, you know I go, I'm walking down the street <laughs> and it's like, hey Black I get out of the way, there's eight more famous people there's that guy <laughs> from New York one behind you you know, so <laughs> But yeah, when people have been really cool when they have recognized me, and I'm sort of, you know, I'm sort of taking it all like, I still sort of believe this is a pretty cool summer I'm having (laughs) for the last year. I think that's a good attitude to have. It keeps you, it keeps you level. You know, I've been around long enough that I can't. There's no sense I can be like that. I can be like I deserve this or I earned this or this is my birthright. Right. Because I've seen friends of mine go through that and take that attitude and then sort of go. So boom you know i think the person i've seen handle it the best is al madrigal because i've known him since he started doing stand-up and he always just sort of had it like i think i'm good enough to do this and right i believe in my skills and but if this doesn't work i'll go into the next thing right and, you know you know and that dude did that all the way up to the daily show yeah know? so it's like that to me al has always been a good example of like you know you can be confident in your abilities but you don't have to be a dick right <laughs> you know and i think that has gotten him a very long way yeah yeah
1: yeah, that's uh it's a good it's a it's a good point. Yeah. Um. So you're living you're living on the Upper West Side now. Did you, when you first moved here, you were in Brooklyn, no? Well, we were in Brooklyn.
0: Uh, uh, Brooklyn didn't. You know, Brooklyn. I I liked Brooklyn. We were just not in the right area of Brooklyn to to be us. I think is how. It, yeah. Yeah. We had just come from the West Coast. We like we like Oakland a lot, and we were told Brooklyn is the Oakland of the West Coast. Okay. Like, it's not really true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they both have a lot of black people there. Uh, they both are getting gentrified, but it's just the West, the West Coastness of Oakland cancels out their similarities. Like they're just like, a, oh, the West Coastness of Oakland is so laid back, and like, sure, there's violence and crime, but even even that's laid back. But uh, <laughs> it's just so that like, Brooklyn was a little bit like for us to just be dropped in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Like we were, and also we didn't get to really, we just had to find the apartment we found. You know, like you know it's just it's brooklyn is there's they're still rapping about brooklyn you know yeah still, yeah they're, yeah they're, they're, if biggie smalls was live he'd still have fine things to say about brooklyn <laughs> uh you know like we it's just it was just not it was a little bit gritty for me to be at work all day and my wife and baby to sort of be fighting their way around the neighborhood trying right to learn, learn the streets so got it got it got it just was like i loved it but it just was like i think we'd have to really go back and be real particular about where we lived there right right back. but my wife is like, Brooklyn's a myth. <laughs> it's the emperor's new clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, as I joke in my act out here, like, it's weird. It's weird to be the black guy in Brooklyn. Like, this neighborhood needs a little bit more gentrification. <laughs> it's weird to be the gentrifier asking for a little bit more of that. Right, know, right. Yeah, so.
1: so that's good. And, 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 and how you have, you have your, she's two now? You're she's two. Little... She
0: just turned two May 25th that's amazing yeah my wife just turned two may 25th
1: that's i mean that's even <laughs> the fact that she's that age and was able to reproduce is yeah is, no, it's is a biological anomaly we're talking about my daughter. oh boy oh yeah, boy yeah, yeah, yeah no so yeah that's uh i have a i have a four-year-old and i have a two like a two and a half year old uh and it's uh it's
0: insane we should get baby fights together i think we well, a two-year-old and you're two and a half year old let's think, do it because she's pretty big is she because i'm tall so my guys my guy is small Oh. It would be a good fight. It'd be a good fight. We should get some baby fights going. She's because she's rangy and she'll ground and pound. Yeah. She's got got good ground game. (laughs) Mine's a thrower. Mine will Uh, throw, pinch and bite. Oh, no, she's not a biter. She's really like a she's she's got like good Greco Roman Mm -hmm. and she's got good uh, dirty boxing. I say we throw them in a ring. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, she's got no fear. No, she's great. She's got, she literally has no fear. And I'm like, well, who's, where'd you get that from? Daddy's afraid of everything. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's great. She's, I mean, I feel really good. I could see my kid. I really like my kid so much. And she's just generally popular with people. Like, it's funny to be like, you're going to be a popular person. Uh, and I'm really happy. Like, I, I feel like she's really, but I could see having a kid that I wouldn't like. Like, me and my wife talk about having another kid. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like it's possible. To have a kid and be like, I don't like this one as much. You know what I mean? I just feel, I know it's probably not, I just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it does, that doesn't. It, it just seems like she's so great. <laughs> like, I just feel like, I don't want some other kid coming in here and messing this up. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. I'm an only child, though, so that's, I got a whole, it just seems like, we got, we got it. We knocked it out, you know. Is your wife, does your wife have siblings? Yeah, she's got a brother and two sisters. Two okay. Sisters, so she wants to have like eight. Right. Whereas I'm like, I don't know, seems like one is good. I think, you know? I think two is okay. Yeah, I think she would like that 2 to 3 range cuz I mean her, she's got her sisters are twins so I think that's technically they, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Three pregnancies, but uh yeah, but yeah, I know we we I I would I would imagine we would have another one but I'm really I'm really enjoying because I don't see her enough. I just, yeah. It seems like I don't want to see, I have two kids I don't see that often. Right. <laughs> like, Let's have another one so I could feel yeah. guilty about not yeah, seeing that about one. The hours I work, because I feel like that kid would be like, who's this guy who comes in every now and again? <laughs> like, my daughter knows me, but I feel like that kid would be like, who's this guy who's here on Saturdays <laughs> talking about I need more sleep? <laughs> um, well, good. I'm glad uh, things
1: things at home are, are going well. Things here... I didn't say that. Uh, I'm glad uh I'm glad you have a home. Thank, there we go. You got to you got to
0: you know, you got to adjust your expectations.
1: Uh I mean, you know, you're not you're not in the middle of a divorce. That's good. No, I'm not in the middle of a divorce. That's good. No. Thank you, black Jesus. You got to look uh you got to look on the bright side of things. No,
0: things are really I mean, you know, I it's that's I'm I'm busier obviously because of the show and because of the tour that's coming up. I'm busier than I've ever been, and there is a side sometimes you're like when do I get to stop like this is technically my vacation right now, but we're here talking because there's just more stuff to do and I want to do all I want to take are you are you, are you telling me that this is work this is work, for you man. talking yeah, to me I'm clocked in for this oh man <laughs> Dylan, I wish we could talk more. Oh man I just but I know now you gotta you gotta maintain some distance uh but uh no, I'm totally like I feel very like you know in the in the sense of the word I'm a black person say this, I feel blessed mm-hmm. in the sense that black people can feel blessed and not mean like anything religious the, yeah yeah <laughs> like i feel mean, like i have a lot of opportunities i understand that there's only a finite amount of time to pursue these opportunities and i don't want to look back and go you know there's things i've I ha- i'm still having to learn to say no but i certainly was like there's things that i have to sort of like i know i gotta take advantage of this because whatever happens with totally biased i still want to have a career in show business but i you know we're going on five days a week it's on this new network which is, I mean, we're sort of one of the flagship shows of the network. It's yeah. Sort of because from being like, you know, on FX, it's like <laughs> Louie, Sons of Anarchy, American Horror Story, 15 shows, <laughs> <laughs> whatever's in development. Like, there's just a lot of <laughs> stuff going on in FX. Yeah. Uh, you know, Russell Brand even has a new pilot deal. You yep. Know, and totally biased. Whereas and now totally it's like biased. The League, totally biased, legit. And it's always sunny. You know, that's right. basically the show. All going to FXX. All going to FXX. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, FX still has a, they have the the, the anger management. Yeah, they have, exactly. They got They're a, going through some changes. They got Lopez coming. They got uh, Lopez coming. They have, um, oh my God, I'm going to totally forget. The the odd couple who are playing uh, lawyers. Martin Lawrence and. Uh, oh
0: yeah, what was it? Martin Lawrence and Joe Piscopo? What is it? Martin <laughs> no, Lawrence no, and. Piscopo oh yeah oh kelsey grammar kelsey grammar yes martin and kelsey grammar so i'm gonna be tuning into that i just it's like you really just go i mean i i like having been in the fx offices and having talked to john Landgraf, that dude always he's like it's like a chess player like he's there's reasons and there's reasons for everything he's doing even if you don't understand what's happening oh i believe that the 90 10 deal Mm -hmm. all these shows are this 90 10 deal so they're like Maybe Martin Lawrence and Kelsey Graham will be this undiscovered goldmine of comedy that nobody and I know, I'm sure he's like this is a chance nobody's ever thought nobody's th- he likes things when that nobody's thinking about and so he puts that on the air it'll like be like oh my god you know and if it's not they'll cancel it after ten episodes and but then what ha- then they still have to get paid no. Oh, uh, oh
1: no! no oh, no, if no, they cancel no. it after the ten. Yeah, they. have But 10 once they go there. to that eleventh, and that's it. Once they go to the eleventh, they go.
0: They go the whole. They go the then whole. And that's
1: 90. that's ninety episodes, no matter how slowly they want to crank them out.
0: Yes. yes <laughs> yeah. So you know, I just think it's a, uh, you know, the Tyler Perry model, quite actually, actually. That's right.
1: Yeah. But uh, Ice Cube has that deal on TBS.
0: Yeah, it came from Tyler Perry got it with House of Pain and Meet the Browns, and then now it's like a thing that just sort of floated around. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got the I got the twenty six one thirty deal. <laughs> like, that's a good. The, <laughs> that's a good deal. Nothing wrong with that deal. Actually, no, I got the six and then seven and then thirteen. Yeah. and then one thirty. Believe me, that. it was complicated for me to 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 write about. Yeah, no, well, it, I'm like,
1: so it got renewed, or no, they're just doing more than six, and yeah. then.
0: Well, no, it's because like, you know <laughs> it was funny that some people are like this season was so short i go no this season started august 9th (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this season has been it's been like i think it's i would like to look it up i think we had to have one of the longest first seasons like as far as a calendar year in the history of television right because we were from august 9th to june 20th like that just that's got to be one of the longest first seasons yeah you know because usually you go from august you're done by like you know may i mean you're done by like spring you know yeah so yeah so we
1: it's good. Differently here. It's a but scrappy little show. Just it's a scrappy little just show. Just crank out new shows whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I take mean, a literally two weeks off. Six more come.
0: It's funny. People are like some of the people on staff are like, man, this year went so so quickly. I'm like, no, it didn't. <laughs> I could feel every second of this year happen. <laughs> it was really like a because every sec every week I was like, we're gonna do another show again. All right. <laughs> I just always had the mentality they could any point, which they could have just go, we're done here. Right. Like, I feel like we could have screwed up that last show enough. They were like, you know, four a week is a bit ambitious. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, do, let's do none a week. So, four plus a fifth best of show, which is I, I have to say it that way. Oh, is that what it is? It's four. It's where our schedule is Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, the Sunday is like a a best of show of the week where we'll like cut it together, and then the uh uh the then the rest are our new all new shows. So yeah, right. Got it. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, mm-hmm. listen, Kamau, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's, it's always nice um, catching up with you. Yes, it's always good to talk to you. Um, I wish we, we could do it more often, but I understand you have to maintain some journalism. I, I, I don't have to maintain anything. <laughs> we could hang out. We could put the kids together, and we down. could shoot a thing with the kids for totally biased. I'm I da- don't. I don't care. I'm down with all that. Where do you live? I have no
0: integrity. In, in
1: Jersey. More? In Jersey. But oh, Upper okay. West Side. That's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like a ten. That's a ten minute ride yeah, for me. It's, it's
0: nothing. All right. I'm. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with it. I just. I really like. I said. I used to read Last Word all the time, and then I was like, I just not for my own. Like I just don't want. I just. Because there's nothing you could say, there's nothing anybody can say about the show that I w- that's not critical that I wouldn't be like, well, that's probably true. Uh, so I just didn't want to be, I just wanted to give the space to do that without me sort of like having some sort of like emotional response. Mm. No, one, no one's more critical of this show than I am. <laughs> I believe you. People, my Twitter profile is a lot of times people go, your show is this because, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And people are like really, yeah. Oh, you're cool. Yeah, you well, know. this isn't fun at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, when it's when it's actual criticism, like, yeah, you got a good point. We're figuring it out. So.
1: Well, thanks, Kamal. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Thank you, sir. Good luck with you. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you to W. Kamal Bell once again for spending some time with me. Uh, to you, Laughspin Podcast listeners, be sure to tune in to Totally Biased on FXX every night at 11 p.m. Eastern when it returns on September 2nd. And check out TotallyBias.com for the Totally Biased stand-up tour dates. Starts July 11th in Boston. Check it out. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Laugh Spin podcast, please, for the love of all that's holy, please do so. You can do it on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to drop me a line at Dylan at Laughspin.com, D-Y-L-A-N at Laughspin.com, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Laughspin.com and on Facebook and Tumblr. And of course, you should also be checking out Laughspin.com every day, many times a day, for a constant stream of info on the world of comedy. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on the Laughspin Podcast.